Welcome to Charity Talks. I'm Brooke Donefsky, and today I spoke with Debbie Drell, the Director of Membership for the National Organization of Rare Disorders. NORD is a leading organization representing patients and families affected by one of the 7,000 rare diseases that afflicts so many people around the world. Through advocacy, advancing medical research, and driving supportive policies and education, NORD is making a huge difference to people who often are going through the most difficult time in their lives. And I think you will enjoy learning about NORD's work from Debbie, who personally was affected by a rare disease when her sister was diagnosed with one. Welcome to Charity Talks. I'm Brooke Donefsky, and today I'm speaking with Debbie Drell of the National Organization for Rare Disorders. Debbie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And to start, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you came to the National Organization for Rare Diseases? Yeah, sure. So, um, I was born and raised in Southern California, and my sister, who's seven years older than me, was diagnosed with a rare disease called pulmonary hypertension, and um, it was through her disease that I found myself uh, wanting to do more and fight back, and I was actually in a nonprofit, sort of related. It was a women's health-related nonprofit, but then I learned about the Pulmonary Hypertension Association, which is her disease. And I had to apply for a job there. And the job they had was database administrator. And that's not my background. But I made my resume look like a database administrator. And they, they were like, we know you're not a database administrator. But they held on to my resume. And then I got a job there. And it was the best day of my life. I was like, I get to work to save my sister's life. And while I was there, I learned about the National Organization for Rare Disorders. And NORD has always been the mothership. Uh, the one that actually helped start the Pulmonary Hypertension Association. So I've always had a space in my heart for NORD. And then 13 years, I worked for 13 years at the Pulmonary Hypertension Association. It was so dedicated. People thought you're going to work there until there's a cure. But I lost a lot of friends to pulmonary hypertension. It's a very life-threatening disease. And someone I hired named Josh Griffith, he was someone who was has the disease and a support group leader. And I worked with this network of support groups. We, we got really close working together and, you know, late nights and all that. And when he passed away from the disease, I couldn't work in the office anymore. I just couldn't. The conference room, the hallways, it was just very hard for me. And then I thought about Nord and I could continue to do this work, but not be so close to the fire, you know, not be so close to, you know, my sister's mortality because my sister's still alive. Thank God. Um, she's been beating the odds. And so after leaving PHA, I went to Norton, and that was four years ago. And um, that's that's a little bit about me. Yeah, I imagine that when you have such a close connection to whatever the issue is that you're working with, it really impacts your work because you care so deeply about it. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I didn't want to leave the, the rare disease space, but I had to come back to it. I, I just couldn't leave, but I couldn't be that close. So I, I needed to take a break. And um, this is like a perfect fit for me. And I, I love working for Nord. It really is not that far removed at all. Like 
Pulmonary Hypertension Association is a member of NORD. So it's like I just I just moved into my uncle's house, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And can you share a little bit about what NORD's primary mission is? Yeah, absolutely. So NORD is a nonprofit that's a 501c3. So we're nonpartisan and we're a national organization dedicated to individuals with rare diseases and also the organizations that serve them. So like I said, PH Association was a member. We're an umbrella of these of 300 member organizations and growing. So NORD, along with our 300 patient members, patient organization members, we're committed to the identification, treatment, and cures for rare disorders. And we do that through programs of education, advocacy and policy, research, and patient services. It's a lot. Of, we're doing a lot, but it's ultimately to help the 25 million Americans living with rare diseases to live their best life and to give them hope for a cure. Yeah, and I was just about to ask about, can you give us an idea of the number of individuals who suffer from these rare diseases? So can you just kind of elaborate on the extent of the problems that these diseases can create for someone who might not be as familiar with them? Yeah, I mean, they're, uh, so rare diseases, I mean, there's a lot of stigma around rare diseases. If you look sick, um, you're treated you're treated differently if you don't look sick. You're also treated differently. Um, So there's a lot of psychological and social issues around just having the disease. And even within families with rare diseases, the burden on parents. Um, So I I like to think about the the psychosocial element because we don't talk about that. Um, So there's a lot of caregiving pain and uh, caregivers don't get paid for the work they do. On top of that, it's, I mean, it's a fight for your life. Many of these diseases, half of them occur in children. And so parents are fighting and and racing for cures and treatments because some 90% of rare diseases have no treatments. And so they get, you get diagnosed, like the common experience for a rare disease patient is you've got this disease, you've never heard of it. You don't know anybody else who has it. It's going to cost what to manage it. Then you have all these medical visits. You have your whole energy is on treating, managing the condition, and then there's nothing for it. And a lot of them are life-threatening. And so, um, you know, there's just, it's, it's a big, big whirlwind on diagnosis. And many of our rare disease community lose their battle um, to these rare disorders if, they, if they're not fighting for cures fast enough. And it takes a while, it takes a long time to develop a drug rare disorders. And the reason why is that there's not a lot of researchers in the field. There's a delay in diagnosis. So when people get it, it's very advanced and accelerated. And uh, there's just not a lot of medical understanding. So it's, it's incredible. I mean, I could tell you my sister's story, but it's, it's the story of most rare disease patients is I have what? No one believes me. It's so challenging. My family's falling apart. It costs so much. I don't have time to do anything else. And I'm going to die. You know, that's that is some of the experiences for people living with rare diseases. As you mentioned, the psychological aspect of these rare diseases can just be incredibly difficult, especially when 
a lot of times there probably isn't a huge community that these people can turn to, which I think makes it even more important that Nord acts as a larger community because while people obviously have a harder time finding people with the exact rare disease, there are so many people with rare diseases in general. Yeah, if you do the math and there's 25 million Americans and there's like 380 million or 25 million Americans with a rare disease and you know, 380 million or so Americans, it's one in 13. So yeah, it's, it's rare, but when you put us all together, it's not so rare. And when you come to Nord, Nord literally matches patients together. You know, we find patients, patients come to us looking for other patients. We redirect them to organizations. Our website gets millions of visitors, unique visitors every month. And the result of that is you don't have to be alone in this. I know of rare disease that has 10 patients. They found each other. Like because of social media and technology, it's a lot easier now than when my sister was diagnosed. And yeah. given the nature of rare diseases, I know it's easy for patients who suffer from them to be forgotten, particularly on a governmental level. So can you discuss Nord's advocacy work? Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, when I before I knew about nonprofits, I didn't know what nonprofits did. Um, my sister got diagnosed and I was like, I want to do something for you. I can't have this disease for you. I can't pay your bills, but I want to do something. I'm going to sign a letter. I'm going to write a petition. I'm going to do something for, you know, congressional. And that I really thought that that was the way to do it. And Nord's founding in 1983 was just that. Parents, women, advocates, family members came together to fight. So the very the very birth of Nord was Capitol Hill and policy. And have you heard, do you know that like rare diseases are known as orphan diseases? Yeah. Have you heard that? Yeah, I saw the term. And it's not like orphan because, I mean, it, it literally is orphan because there's no, there was no home in the 70s and before and even the 80s. But it's the Orphan Drug Act because they didn't have a home. You know, researchers were like, we're not doing this. There's can't find patients. And drug companies were like, the return on investment isn't worth it. Patients are scattered and they're far and few. We, we can't actually recoup, you know, what we invest. It's just not a good investment. And so there wasn't a place. So the Orphan Drug Act was let's legislate incentives to get drug companies and researchers to want to do this. And as a result, we went from like a handful of treatments to 600 therapies today. You know, even though it's only 10% of rare diseases that have treatments, that's still 10%. My sister would be dead if we didn't have the Orphan Drug Act, literally what Nord did to, to incentivize the drug companies to do this. So number one, when we talk about policy, it's like, thank God the founders of Nord pushed for the Orphan Drug Act and they worked really hard to do that 40 years ago. For today, what that looks like is an ongoing battle. Because even today, there are there is legislation that is looking at changing the orphan drug tax credit, which is an incentive, which could change dramatically um, the incentives that have enabled us to advance thus far. Yeah, and I know that Nord focuses on patient and professional education. Can you discuss what this entails? Yeah, um, so medical professionals need to get licensed and every year they have to take continuing medical education. We do that. We actually do that for rare diseases. And there 
there is not a lot of um, investment in rare disease curriculum and education, but NORD is contributing to that. Um, so we do that. We also have conferences and virtual events to educate patients um, on how to live their best life. So we have an event called Living Rare, Living Stronger, which happens. We did one in person in Houston. It was amazing. Um, we had hundreds of patients come together in person. I miss the days. Oh, I miss the days. But the virtual is good too. And actually, we had a really good time doing um, a virtual meeting. And that's that's quality education that creates community while also doing education. And we have a whole department in our office on education initiatives. Um, I think one of the, the most practical resources is our rare disease reports on our website. And that hosts 1,300 rare disease reports written by the leading expert physicians and researchers in the field of that disease. And I mean, I heard the state of Florida that students were looking for scholarships and the government, instead of using the definition of rare as being under 200,000, they were coming to our website and saying, if it's on Nord's website, it's rare. And that's how you can get this scholarship. Like people really use Nord and our educational tools as the standard for um, what is rare and, and the educational opportunities that we provide. So, um, and then millions of people who are coming to our website are coming to learn. Yeah, I think that's incredible. And also with Nord support for research, I know that's a huge aspect of what you do as well. You kind of mentioned a little bit, but can you really just explain what kinds of involvement that Nord has with research? Yeah. So about research, Nord does a lot of work on research. We worked directly with the U.S. Food and Drug Administration to develop a registry platform, which is just a way of collecting patient data natural history study. So we collect data from the point of symptoms through the course of a patient's life. And that data actually helps with clinical trials because then you have this foundational uh, knowledge of the progression and the trends. And that's really helpful um, and helps to accelerate drug development. Every rare disease, I say this all the time, every rare disease community needs to have a natural history study if they want to develop a treatment. And Nord's platform, you know, the FDA approves these treatments. Well, if the FDA has informed the questions that are in these questionnaires, then we know we're collecting the right data because they're telling us this is what we want. So Nord's platform is, um, I think, the tops and a really good resource. And we give really good white glove service to the researchers and patient organizations use the registry. We also have a grant program and um, have fundraised money for uh, research in drug development. And then more recently, we have this program that's called the Rare Disease Cures Accelerator Data Analytics Platform. And because we're in health and medicine and love research, we love long names and acronyms. So <laughs> it's called, people say it's called the RDCA DAP, but really the data platform. So you have a registry here and you have a registry there and they're two different disease states, but you bring it all together and you have consistent data collection and measurements and you give this access to the people. You de-identify and you give it to any researcher or drug company that, are, that is involved in the research and you maximize and leverage commonalities across diseases. 
And so this is revolutionary. It, according to Faster Cures, uh, which is a program of a nonprofit that that I like to use this quote because it, I they're the only ones I've seen saying this that's quantified it. It takes uh, 15 years and a billion dollars to develop a drug for a rare disease, which sounds incredible because for my sister's disease, 50% of people die within two years if left untreated. And so if there's no treatment, like half of the, and people were dying a lot before drug development. So if it takes 15 years, and my child is diagnosed with a rare disease or I'm diagnosed, I'm gonna wanna accelerate it as, as fast as I can. And if that means looking at someone else's disease and their data, like I'll do it, I'll do whatever it takes. And so this platform really does accelerate drug development because we have 300 organizations and we have dozens of registry users, all that data is being pumped in one place. Uh, it's very revolutionary, I think. Yeah, and I know that Nord also works directly with the patients with these rare diseases. And I think that's so important, too, because obviously they're being affected the most. And so can you just talk a little bit about that sort of direct relationship that Nord has with patients? Yeah, so everything we do is patient-informed. Patients are involved in every level. And um, we have educational offerings for patients. When COVID hit, we are the chair of our board, Marshall Summer, former chair. He was the chair during the COVID, during the pandemic. We actually did emergency calls and meetings to say, how do we get you on camera telling the rare disease community what's at stake and what you what you have to do? And there were some communities like cystic fibrosis where they needed PPE before the pandemic. Now everybody needs PPE and what's happening to their PPE when they're even more at risk. They can't leave their home and they haven't for their whole life. And now everybody else is sort of living that way. And so we had um, our medical leaders do webinars. Um, we had instant access to information. We created this whole COVID rapid response program to help the 25 million Americans. So 300 nonprofit organizations are in our membership. 1,200 total organizations are supported through our website. So Basically, all the patients they serve, and all the patients that are not served by them are all housed under NORD. And so if there's anything that they need, especially in a crisis, NORD responds to that, whether that's through policy, whether that's through finding ways for them to get involved in research, whether that's through redirecting them to patient organization. You know, we're here to save lives. We're here to empower individuals to live their best life. I mean, honestly, Nord saved my sister's life because Nord helped patients, pulmonary hypertension patients, find each other in the 80s, start a nonprofit. And if it wasn't for that nonprofit, there wouldn't be drugs because that nonprofit really pushed it. They really pushed drug companies and the researchers. They got the patients enrolled in the studies. And that led to the first treatment that saved my sister's life. And then that treatment stopped working for her. And then another one came. And so... You know, honestly, it's Nord is in the business of, of saving lives and helping communities. Yeah, and I think it's really amazing because especially I always love to ask guests about if they have any personal experiences working with their organizations that have really shown them the impact of the organization. I think that it sounds like you definitely have a lot of these experiences. Yeah, I'm very lucky because I get to see miracles. And they're not, you, miracles are unexplained, but these are actually not miracles, but they feel like on that level of like divine intervention. 
but it really is anybody who wants to fight back has the right to. And we give people opportunities to get involved and fight back. We have, like talking about policy, we have this program called the Rare Action Network, and we have thousands of patients across the country doing work locally to fight back with awareness raising. They get involved in rare disease day. They, they get trained and they train others. So we continue to build, I don't want to use militaristic language, but it's like an army, but we're, we're building um, a network of people. No one else cares. You don't care about a rare disease until it happens to you. You know, it's just, it's just life. And so if it does, if, if you are impacted by a rare disease, you want to do something about it. If you have the ability, the capacity, the resources, the privileges, being able to fight back, we want to offer that. I think, yeah, again, I think it's really amazing what you're doing. And so how can anyone really who wants to get involved best do so? Gosh, well, if, if you have a rare disease and you want to get involved, you know, I would say first learn everything you can about your disease and visit our website and, and connect with people and, and connect with organizations. Take care of yourself and then your family, obviously. And then if you're if you want to fight back, join our rare action network. It's in every state in the country. If you want to fight back, visit our Facebook, like the account, visit, visit Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn, because we give all sorts of opportunities. So maybe you can't do stuff locally for whatever reason, there's virtual ways of getting involved. And then on Rare Disease Day, use the opportunity to educate your community. And actually, I'll make a pitch, Rare Cancer Day is on September 30th. So there's still time to just use the hashtag Rare Cancer Day to learn about rare cancer and know that one in five cancer patients is rare all pediatric cancers are rare and that puts you in our family and it also means that those individuals are dealing with higher level challenges no treatments lack of research delayed diagnosis lack of understanding we want everyone to hear your story share your story visit our website connect with our staff interact with us any way that, that you want based on what you see on our social and on our website. And we're so happy to welcome everyone that's affected by rare diseases in their families. And before we conclude, is there anything else that you'd like to add about NORD or your work in general? I will just say that if you are able to, if you're in a position to be able to help another person, it's so rewarding and we welcome you to join us. And if you're not in a position to help another person, you, we want you, we want you, and we want you to join us. And, and we want you to take advantage of the resources that we offer. And we offer a lot of resources. I forgot about this, but we also have like free medical alert bracelets. We have financial assistance. If you're a caregiver, if you need respite care, like we're giving money away for you to take a day off if you can, for you to bring a housekeeper in. We have financial assistance for attending conferences that are rare disease and educational. So, you know, we're literally giving money away to help people living with rare diseases. And we, we want you to take advantage of all of our offerings. So if you can't fight back, fight for yourself. If you can't fight for yourself, pass it along to someone who can help you. Um, but 
it, this is a community of, of love and support and we're saving lives and Lord saved my sister's life. And if I can help someone else, um, you know, that's, that's how all of our staff are approaching the work. So it is a labor of love and it's not even a labor. We do it and we love it. Well, thank you again so much for coming on today. I really appreciate hearing more about what you do because I really do think you're clearly saving so many people's lives and that's an incredible thing. Thank you for having me.